Hello, this is Jesse. I'm a novelist. This is Eric. I'm a filmmaker. And this is Film and Color. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all those of you who choose to spend your time with us. Well, we can't thank you enough for it. We're going to be discussing a fantastic movie today. It's Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. It is. Uh, it was an awesome movie. We actually recorded uh, the episode a couple of weeks ago, and we just wanted to tack something on to the beginning here to wish you all a very happy 2018. Hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, you, I hope you had a fantastic uh, evening last night. But we're, we're just uh, in the spirit of positivity and in sharing uh, things from our lives with you, our audience. We wanted to um, pass along those well wishes from all of our families to all of yours. And um, we also wanted to discuss briefly, as colleagues and compatriots, um, the uh, the resolutions or the goals that we have for this upcoming year. Yeah. So, sir, if I could ask you uh, in the professional domain, the personal domain, or the spiritual, what uh, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to accomplishing in 2018? Uh, 2018 for me, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, like, can't can't give it too much uh, oomph, or else it might not happen. But uh, what I want from 2018 is to make that one project that, when you look back at it two three years down the road, you always say. That's the one I gave my all to. And like, you're not like, fuck, I could have done that better. That's great, that's, sir. That's, that's a great resolution. Yeah, that's the one I want to do this year. And uh, do you, I, I remember one time a couple of years ago when I asked you about a project and you were, for the first time ever, really squeamish about discussing it. It was a project that was so close to your heart that you were like, you, you, were, you wanted to get it more fleshed out before you would even share a tidbit of it with me? Yeah. Is that the project that you're thinking of? I think do, or do you have like something in your head that you're... It's like... It's like half form. It's percolating. But it's percolating. Like, but like, yeah. Good so word. it's not fully there yet. But Splendid. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get that. But. And one of those things that uh, once you put it on the shelf, like it owns that place on the shelf, as exactly. we've said before. You know, one of those, like if you're going to make a... Uh, any kind of genre movie, this is going to be the one that you're you're not just making a movie, but you're making the, the movie, movie that you define as being your addition to the annals of filmmaking lore. Exactly. Splendid, sir. Yeah. Splendid. That's a yeah. fantastic, ambitious yeah. goal. Well, hopefully we get it done. Yeah. Yeah. What do you use? What do you use? Um, so uh, in the same uh, spirit, I'm actually a little bit more... Um, it's funny, I'm not as ambitious in my goal. I, for, for professionally, for myself, I want to have uh, a book published by March, one of my novels that is like 98% done, and the only reason I haven't put it out yet is just because I'm dragging my feet. So I want I want to have that done by March. I want to publish uh, at, least at least two stories per month, and that could potentially only be one story, depending on how long they become, okay. uh, for, for the remainder of the year. And I would also like to keep this podcast going. Hey, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider that one of the one of the things that goes on the professional list. Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because uh, we, you know, we we put our all into this, and we try and do our best to keep it regular, keep it consistent for you, our listeners, and to maybe cut out some of the places where we become a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> I know our episode from uh, last week, episode five, uh, there was definitely quite a bit of when I listened to the raw version of it, there was quite a bit of relaxation yeah 
it's happening so here. Sleepy. Mostly mine, yeah. much less yours, sir. But uh, yeah, there's probably a lot less of that that is usable than I would like. Yeah. So to just keep this going as professionally as possible for you, people who choose to spend your time with us, we uh, we we are so grateful and we want to keep it. Yeah. Um, the level of quality that you expect and exactly. deserve. Yeah. Uh, so on a personal note, mm-hmm. uh, not not a personal note, but in terms of personal development, do you have any goals there? Uh, I want to start cooking more. Like interesting. You know, you know when you go on those like YouTube like grinds where you just like end up watching like eight hours of some yeah. weird show. Yeah. I went on a couple of those for like Gordon Ramsay shows. Gordon Ramsay is my guy too. Yeah. Uh, there's something about his like his passion oozes through, and yeah. there's there's a sense that. Uh, you're like, man, I really haven't been thinking as much about food as I could be. Exactly. And so. there's something, there's something, there's some, there's a, there's, like, he's the guy who got me into, I hope I'm not bowling over you here. Go for it. He's the guy who got me into the idea that there's like a right way to cook meat. Yeah. And after that, there have been many times when I'm eating food and I'm like, oh my God, this meat is way overcooked. Yeah. And it, like before when I was a kid, to think that about like, say grandma's cooking, it would, have, it would never have occurred to me, and I would have been like, why am I being such an asshole? Like, I got a delicious supper made for me, whereas now it's like, no, like, this is overcooked. Like, it didn't have yeah. to be, it's cooked a half hour too long, and it's it loses a, a moistness to it that exactly. could bring more pleasure. So, yeah, it, it's yeah. true. Yeah. So, a little bit more cooking. Yeah. Do you have any kind of, like, a specific goal related to that? Like, you want to cook maybe one meal a week or it's a new not recipe be- every month? that's the thing like i don't want to cook anything the similar or like similar or like the same recipe as something my parents or my family would cook okay i want to do something like that's never i've never had before almost yeah so it's like introduce like experiment maybe bring in some ethnic influences a little bit Indian, a little bit of uh yeah a little bit of curry spice oriental yeah 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 some some new stuff that maybe we're not exposed to and would you if you did this would you cook for the family or would you just cook for your bros and just only me just for yourself (laughs) yeah good yeah good place to start and that way you there's no one to disappoint exactly well if you do experiment with that sir definitely do bring it back to us here on the podcast and tell our listeners about it i'm sure that they're eager to hear yeah we'll do about your exploration in haute cuisine oh fantastic um that's splendid that's a great that's a great goal yeah uh for myself actually uh on the subject of food um although i included this under spiritual and not personal uh so i'll do my is that your only personal goal do you yeah, have anything with regards to like exercise or i don't know self-grooming or organization or anything like that that comes to mind maybe like keep my receipts better but like all right yeah a little bit yeah. a little bit more fin- financial yeah kind of like nothing putting things in folders or something like that but yeah, yeah nothing, nothing of, too crazy yeah all yeah. right all right that's that's good i think that's a like a smart thing to want to do as you more of your finances become your business and yeah. you don't have someone looking over your shoulder to help you out with it to just exactly. kind of be a little bit more structured about it that's, yeah, that's exactly. smart yeah um so for myself uh, on a personal uh goal that is totally inspired by uh, you sir hey uh i definitely want to install a hammock oh nice and i would like to do it before the end of january yeah so it won't for, for our podcast i know we're, we're recording this and this is going to be um the podcast that we record today is going to be published on the week of the 22nd of january which means wait bitch. next week <laughs> next week <laughs> yeah. if we're able to do a podcast next week i know you got a bit of a flu going through your house yeah right now so it's possible that we might have to take a hiatus next week yeah. uh but uh, the next podcast that we do episode eight we definitely have to 
like have you ask me if i've installed the hammock yet because I will, I will. by the time it goes out yeah that's when that's when uh, yeah. i will have to have gotten it done and if you're completely lost about what we're talking about we will explain it at a later date so. yeah we will yeah we'll, we'll talk okay. about that but but uh the the long and the short of it is that uh my colleague here has had a, a hammock in his his uh bedroom as as his official bed yeah. for a number of years now like three years four three years. years three years yeah. and uh, every, every time i've gotten into it i've always thought oh my god i need one of these yeah. i spend so many nights sleeping on the sofa because i'm falling asleep while i'm writing and it's it's just the worst for yeah. your back and for your exactly. like whole frame it's <laughs> terrible so, so good um yeah sleeping in a hammock i also want to get my uh my room a little bit more organized okay i have an office and i have a bedroom yeah and over the course of the last year and a half, I think, they've bled together. And yeah. it's, it's not good from a cognitive perspective. You know, yeah, like yeah. there should be a place where I relax and a place where I work. Yeah. And to have them so intermingled and also so messy. You start to, like, not work when you should be working. And yeah, or, like, I, you know, when like be it becomes a little bit more fluid. Like, am I working now or am I, or am I not, not working? So yeah, yeah. there's some problems there from a kind of metacognitive perspective that uh, I want to address. So yeah. definitely to, to build up that wall between the office space and the sleeping space yeah. until it's fairly secure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, a bit of a kind of... North Korean, South Korean <laughs> situation, you yeah, know. Yeah. I fuck with the I vision. Should, yeah. Right? It's yeah, good. It's good. The vision is good. Yeah. Splendid. And the last thing is I want to walk my dog more, yeah. which I think is That's fair. sort of a general thing, but uh, certainly it's too cold for him right now, but there are a lot of times when I, I could be giving him like you know, him two or three coat. short walks a day. Yeah. Put, put him a little boots on. Put his little boots on. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. Go. We'll have Grandma make him some boots and <laughs> that'll be perfect. Little Chihuahua boots. She's already made him his little jacket. Oh, cute. All right, so uh, actually, and so we're almost done. We're going to wrap this up, but uh, before we jump into the more spiritual aspect of some of the resolutions that we want to make for 2018, uh, just a note that we learned from high school. Uh, shout out to Mr. F. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from our past, uh, ho- hopefully he knows who he is. Certainly, anyone who knows us knows who we're talking about. A gentleman who taught us about the smart goals paradigm. He is uh, smart goals is a. S-M-A-R-T is uh, an acronym, and it stands for a simple goal, a measurable goal, an action-oriented goal, a reasonable goal, and with some kind of time commitment associated with it. Yeah. So we get time taken off because we're saying it's going to be happening over the course of a year, and we've some of us have mentioned different times that we want to accomplish, whether it's once per month or by March or et cetera. Yeah. I think everything we've mentioned is reasonable. They're all action-oriented. They're all related to stuff that we can accomplish. We're not waiting for it to fall out of the sky and land in our lap. Exactly. Um, and it's measurable insofar as we're going to have to come here and be accountable to ourselves and our fans. Yeah. yeah. Or at least our, we, we don't consider you our fans. We consider you our, our beloved listeners. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now it's, it's on the podcast. We, we can't. <laughs> no shirking it at this point. Yeah. And finally, I think everything we discussed is fairly simple. Although, what I'm about to discuss is not. Um, I, I, so, I've been reading... Um, uh, that is to say, I received a book for Christmas, and I'm about to read it, but all the research that I've done on it, because I always do homework before I read a book. Yeah, naturally. But learn about the authors, learn about the... Yeah. And it's a fantastic book, and it's called... Um, <laughs> research Guide. Altered Traits. Altered Traits. Okay. <laughs> it's a fantastic book. Um, or at least everything I've heard from about, about it, it sounds fantastic. I've yet to read it. And it's about the way, scientifically, all the latest studies that uh, reflect the ways in which 
meditation affects your body and your mind, and that's why it's called altered traits. Typically, when you think of meditation, you think of altered states. Yeah. But they're saying these are all the ways in which your body, your brain, and your person can change by doing consistent meditation every day or every week or just in a regular yeah. way. Interesting. Um, so I definitely want to incorporate, incorporate an element of that into my year 2018. Um, I still need to read the book, so I'm still not sure like what I'm committing to at this point. This is not conforming to the simple... Uh, or the smart, that is to say, uh, paradigm. But it's it's certainly, a, I think, a worthy thing to explore and something that I've done intermittently over the course of my life. I want to get back into it, formalize yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Also, food and health. So I, I want to pay a little bit more attention to what I eat. Maybe not necessarily cooking yeah. a new recipe every month or something of that nature, but certainly uh, not incorporating McDonald's. more fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little less reliance on fast food and... and Maybe planning out what I'm going to eat. Yeah, that's good. In advance, yeah. you know, just kind of wake up, waking up in the morning and being like, okay, I, instead of what I usually do, which is I wait until two thirty p.m. and realize, oh, I haven't eaten all day, and then running to the fridge and looking for whatever yeah. leftover and you're too is sitting to do anything. there. Yeah, just kind of putting a little bit more thought into it. Yeah, and finally, um, with regards to health, I want to go back to running twenty five minutes a day. I, you know, that's what I used to do. It, it was a totally normal habit. And I think I've spoken about this on the podcast. I was basically dating someone. We used to talk about exercise all the time. And that fell apart. And then I just kind of stopped paying attention to it. I associated yeah. exercise so much with the relationship that I didn't, I was like doing it for myself felt kind of strange and stupid. Yeah. And so I need to, I need to go back to doing it for myself just for the sake of like, now I run upstairs. Yeah. I and I run back down and I run back up and I'm like, <sighs> What the? What is going? Oh my God! I have become that sedentary. I'm like Grandpa. Yeah. Not the, Grandpa's in great shape for an 80 year old, but I'm you know I'm 25. I, I, yeah. I should. I, I'm not supposed to be panting after running up the stairs three times. Exactly. So, uh, just uh, 25 minutes a day and you know a little bit of uh, weights. Yeah. Stuff like that. Just kind of simple. Nothing. Nothing um, too crazy. You know, nothing extreme. But just a yeah. little bit. A little bit more physical activity. Is this all at home, or are you gonna go? Yeah, yeah. I got. My parents are health nuts. Like both of my parents are like in their fifties, and, and they look like they're in their like late forties. Like they're really very trim. Yeah. And uh, athletic people. So uh, yeah, I I have all the equipment I need. It's just waiting there to be. There's a rowing machine. There's a treadmill. All they got to do is just institute the 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 habit yeah. and once the habit becomes habit then that's You're it good well, to just go. like this podcast you know yeah, that's yeah. it we, we've made a habit you now we use the expression like uh you as you've said to me before like regular time regular place that's it so <laughs> once it becomes regular time regular place it's so much easier than to have to plan everything plan, you know waking yeah. up like oh am i gonna work out today where am i gonna do it how am i gonna do it yeah. once it becomes habit then it, that that stress just gets exactly. a load off your mind and yeah so anything else you wanted to mention sir uh, no, that's it for me. We hope that that was at least somewhat entertaining and useful for you, ladies and gentlemen. So um, without further ado, uh, thank you very much for being with us this New Year's Day. Um, we hope all the best for you and yours. Um, from the Dulyello clan and the Delorme clan, yeah. we send uh, our love and our well wishes for 2018. All the luck in the world. Um, and that being said, we now bring you Baby Driver. Happy New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode four of Film and Color, the podcast that brings you all the color you want while discussing all the films you also want. Uh, indeed, we're actually just uh, testing our microphones at this point, trying to see if we uh, have got that settled. We've dialed it in. Start the timer. Three, two, start one. Start the timer. Start the clock.
Bebop. Oh, we're back. This is fantastic. I got to tell you, sir, uh, just before we begin to jump into it, uh, so for, for those of us uh, just joining us, you'll see from the title that uh, we'll be discussing Edgar Wright's Baby Driver today, Baby. which was a fantastic film. I was totally against us reviewing this because, as I told my colleague earlier this week, I, I'm totally... Uh, driver and heist movies just rub me the wrong way, but if we had to watch one, this was the one to watch. However, before we jump into that, I just maybe a little bit of housekeeping to borrow Sam Harris's term. Uh, we published our first episode this week. The response has been amazing. Thank you so much, everyone who has uh, written to us or listened to it. Um, we appreciate your comments, your criticism. We are going to try and get better as we go along. And this has just been so much fun. I don't think either of us expected the outpouring oh, absolutely not. of absolutely interest not. Uh, that we got. Uh, and it's just uh, it's fantastic. I can't even describe the feeling. Thank you so much. Uh, in fact, uh, so actually, uh, just to make it clear, I'm Jesse. This is my colleague, Eric. I'm Eric. Uh, <laughs> that's me and one of one of the things that uh, I, I, I want to warn my colleague about before we begin is that uh, uh, having listened to the first episode that was recorded on November 18th what day is it today buddy is it January 17th it's the 17th so uh, we it's been about a month since we recorded our first episode and I have to say putting it up online has uh, I got a little gun shy, you know. Coming here today, I, I was a little nervous about it. It's, it's it's more real than it was the first time. The yeah. first the first episode we did, we we weren't even sure if we were going to publish it. It was just sort of yeah. a it's shot a in the dark. Yeah. yeah, for me, for me, that was episode two because I already started ep- editing episode one, and I was like, "Holy shit, no one's going to like our voices. This going to be horrendous." Indeed. And then we we pulled through. So. And uh, but. Uh, in fact, um, the the great part is that uh, just as I've come to sit down with you, sir, I, I like I, it's, we just like we started chatting about stuff that's happening to us this week and warming up, and now I feel loose. I feel yeah, we're ready go, to go. Man. Let's go. This is gonna be awesome. Let's go, Edgar Wright. Edgar Hit us Wright. up with that baby. B-A-B-Y Driver. Um, uh, so, uh, just for those of you who don't know, just a brief summary. Baby Driver is a film uh, written and directed by Edgar Wright. It's a passion project. And uh, he's been working on this for a number of years. It's the story of a young man named Baby who um, loses his parents at a very early age and becomes, as many people do when they're in those kinds of dire circumstances, uh, attracted to crime, for lack of a better word. He steals cars doesn't do so violently. However, he eventually steals the car of the wrong person, Doc, played by Kevin Spacey. And Doc sees the potential in Baby once he tracks him down. Now, by the way, the film is entirely consisting of these kinds of nicknames. The characters are Doc, Buddy, Darling. So we are talking about specific characters at this point. And uh, the Kevin Spacey's character, who is the criminal mastermind behind all of the heists we see in the movie, has come to rely on Baby as a driver, as a wheelman, as he's called, since they first met, having seen that he is extremely gifted in the art of evading police and basically being a badass in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> so Baby is the wheel man, and we're introduced to a, a, a pretty small cast of characters throughout the film. Jamie uh, Foxx uh, plays uh, Bats. Bats, who is the psychopathic murdering thief. Um, John Hamm of Mad Men fame. Yeah. The, the Don Draper himself is uh, playing a buddy. 
And I don't remember the... Uh, we should have printed off the Wikipedia before we began. I guess we could pause and, and get that out if you want. Or maybe just keep going. Print that off, sir, while... while uh, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, can we, can we connect to the printer while we're recording? We, we cannot. Unfo- we well, I'll keep it on the screen, though, so you don't... Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. What's the movie called? Baby Driver. That's the... <laughs> Why do you always... Yeah, you I'm did that with Thor Ragnarok, too. Absolutely not. so funny. <laughs> so, indeed. Uh, uh, my colleague here can't remember what movie we're I'm here to I'm very do. bad with names. Fantastically, this uh, is a film that uh, Isa Gonzalez. Okay, is fantastic. So uh, she plays the character of Darling, and that's really pretty much uh, who you're going to be interacting with over the course of the film. In terms of the dynamic between them, Doc is the boss, Baby is the gifted driver, Jamie Lee Fox is the uh, loose cannon thief, and uh, Buddy, played by John Hamm, and Darling, played by Miss Gonzalez, is the. Uh, are the love in, lovebirds, if you will, that, that they're constantly making out in front of the other characters and things like that. Yeah. So that's your, your basic premise. And Act 1, Baby is... Uh, so as my colleague will tell you, and if you're a fan of the show, you all know already, my obsession is always <laughs> with acts. I'm always asking myself at every moment of the movie, where are we? Yeah. Act 1 was very clear in this film. Like The second Act 2 began, I literally jumped, like pulled out my notepad, like or leaned forward and scribbled <laughs> down. Act 2 begins, and I think it was at like minute 49 or something. It's the moment when Kevin Spacey uh, encounters Baby with his new girlfriend yeah. at the restaurant, and the stakes get raised. And he's told, listen, even though you've paid me off for all the debt that you owe me for stealing my car all those years ago, yeah. It's, you're not done. You're still going to be driving cars for me. Yeah. And so Baby realizes this criminal underworld, now that it has its tentacles on him... He can't escape. ...is not going to be easily escaped. Uh, so this is... I, I would say, just to be clear, I, I hate driving movies. I hate them. <laughs> Why? But if there's... I don't know. I just don't... I don't feel invested in the characters. I'm just like, okay, okay I don't care. Black car crashes into red car. I don't care okay. who's driving them. I don't care about any of this. I do... I, I'm not invested in the story. Okay. The stakes mean nothing to me. It's just a bunch of noise, and yeah. I'm just bored. I'm just like, oh, when is it going to end? That actually happened for the first viewing of this film. Okay. I was playing Mario Kart while the movie was Shit. playing. I got so bored, I had to like take out my old standby, which is when I'm really bored doing something, I usually take out Mario Kart and That's play wild. it and let the movie play in the background, Yeah. which is a major disrespect to Mr. Edgar Wright. But in the second viewing, I watched it on the big screen. I turned down all the lights. And then it came alive. I saw the storytelling on the screen. And this screen, uh, the screenplay, even though it's fantastic, is uh, this is a story that's told visually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a beautiful film once you, if you're watching it on a big screen. Yeah. I, the first time I watched it was in a theater in Vancouver with seats that vibrated at every, like, specific <laughs> point. And I like was, a rumble pack. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A rumble pack under your ass. And uh, it was unreal. Every gear shift, you felt it. Oh, Every... that's so cool! Oh, it was unreal. It was like it was like VR, but like not VR. That adds a really interesting visceral element. I didn't even know that technology existed. Me neither. Until I bought the ticket, and I was like, "Wait a sec! For one dollar more, I could get it in." It was on. Un... Uh... Wow, that's so cool! It was amazing. Why don't we have that here? I know. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, well, that was uh, unexpected, certainly. Yeah. Um, and as as was um, so, I have to say, the first time that I watched the movie. Just so if we can maybe get into a bit of the nitty-gritty. Uh, I, I, as I said before, I was kind of not really giving it a fair shot. And then at uh, minute 17, uh, the movie finally got me when Baby starts making his own music. That hooked me. Yes. Because yeah. I, I was like, okay, this is interesting. This isn't just Fast and Furious 
eight. Yeah, there's actual characters. There, there yeah, there's something going on here. Like this is a quirky guy. There's some interesting things yeah. happening here. Uh, so yeah, that that was when I I would say it, it's it started to be something where I, where like my my eyes started turning away. Like I started crashing. Luigi, <laughs> crashing into walls because I was looking at the screen. I was like, "What's gonna happen?" Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like, I like that movie. Um, this is a stupid, like, just totally stupid. Sorry, I'm just like going through my notes <laughs> in order, and it made me crave my old black iPod video so bad. Oh. I spent like two hours looking for it. I couldn't find it. I have mine, and it doesn't work. And oh. It makes me so angry. Oh. I, every like two years, I try to fix it. Uh, oh. I think um, like if I if I do really well this Christmas, because we were discussing how uh, we we you know people tend to buy movies and buy books a lot more during the Christmas season. If I do really well this Christmas, I'm I'm going on on Craigslist and I'm getting myself an old iPod video, a black one, just like I had when I was a kid. That's I, awesome. I, it's gonna be I'm so. so awesome. They held so much shit. It did. It was like 120 gigs, but it felt like 40 terabytes. It was amazing. It was amazing, and like I even remember like the feeling of the wheel. Like yeah, the wheel had this yeah, like yeah. kind of almost a sandpapery soft. But it's like very satin. soft. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, oh, it was so good. Yeah. All right, that's, that's that nostalgia. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> if I handed that to a kid who's got like their iPod Touch in their hand, they'd be like, "What? Why the would you use fuck? this? This, this is nothing. The screen doesn't it has work. three games. <laughs> yeah. One of them is like basically brick, brick, brick breaker, but yeah, in three sixty so, degrees. It's mental. It's how three hundred and sixty degrees. Oh, I played degrees? so many hours of Vortex. I think it was called Vortex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. Vortex, legendary game. Oh, it was so good. Thanks, Steve Jobs. Um. So uh, okay, maybe if I break. Uh, let me not go through this. Well, hold on. Before we start, what what's your yeah. rating of the movie? Uh, so I got to be honest. I'm gonna give it a three on five. Interesting. Okay, I, I thought I thought you were gonna go three on ten. I was about I to was, smack uh, you across the table. No, 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 no. It's way too good to be. No, 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 yeah, yeah. no absolutely not. No, yeah. the passion oozes from this picture. Like okay. just the beginning. Every critic ever has ever, probably already mentioned this, but when it opens, Baby Driver, Edgar Wright somehow finds a building with yellow lines on it. Yeah, two yellow lines like going up into the sky. And yeah, that's where he shows his title credits on. I was just like, oh Wait my god, this guy is too good for life. Yeah, and then all the lyrics as he's walking. I don't know if you noticed. Yes, that. yes, yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. I did notice that. In fact, I, I didn't notice it as much the first viewing, probably because I was watching. It. <laughs> but on the second viewing. Um, yeah. I did notice that and it was super cool even when he was like slide to the left and he slides to the yeah, left and exactly. turn to the right and he turns to the right like right here pans down pans back up yeah. and says right here yeah. and actually we should give uh, credit where credit is due uh, I think it's his name is Ansel Elgort yeah never heard of this young man before or young, I guess he's my age so this yeah. gentleman <laughs> before and uh, he he does a great job he oh, kicks this role's ass yeah absolutely it was a it was a very it was a very stunning performance um, what was your rating? Uh, okay, so mine's on ten, and I'd say nine point three. Nine point three. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, it has to be said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, my my colleague let slip in an email to me this week. He said, when we were deciding on what movie to do, well, Edgar Wright is one of my favorite directors. Congratulations to you, sir. You have yes. made it to the coveted list <laughs> of directors that Eric That's likes. That is a very, very short list. Very <laughs> short list. Extremely short. Yeah. So congratulations are in order. And I, I mean, that's the highest praise. I, I don't think I've ever heard you say that about any other one else so far. So far, yeah. As this I mean, podcast goes on, they're I'm secret. sure we're going to learn a little bit more. Uh, director of... Um, Okay, no, let's 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 try and stay on track, and then we'll we'll get back to this later on. Yeah. Um, so one of the things 
that um, stands out about this film, if you haven't seen it yet, and we highly recommend that you do see it. I think Absolutely. we both recommend Please it. Please go watch it right now. Um, stop listening to us. We are not nearly as entertaining as this movie would be. But one of the things that... But then come back. Make sure you come but back. But then definitely yeah. do come back because we are fairly entertaining, I would like to think. I hope so. I hope so. Um, where is the note that I had about this? So, oh, the first page of the script that Edgar Wright published to his Instagram, and I learned about this when I was researching the movie today because I was trying to come up with... I was trying to look for the screenplay and I asked for permission to see it and I don't think they're going to give me permission no, to I don't see it. So. But I, there was a request page and I filled it out. And uh, the first page of the script was tweeted to Mr. Uh, Wright's Instagram, and it begins with Hold the on, quote. It was, it was tweeted to his Instagram. A tweet. Oh, sorry, tweeted. It was it was posted <laughs> to. His, uh, <laughs> I have to roast him to a thing. It just it's on the internet. It's, it goes places. It's on the internet, and it's a picture of the of the front page, and I don't know what what you saw. It. You young people, <laughs> what's he babbling about? So the music. Uh, you are the music while the music lasts by T.S. Eliot is the first quote. Yep. And the second quote is, I was born one dark gray morn with music coming in my ears, Paul Simon. And then it says in italics, every scene in this movie is driven by music. Uh, yeah. And I was like, damn. It is 100%. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. To, like an interesting way of, of trying to write a movie to think that you're going to start with the music as the spine. Yeah. And then you're going to build a film around it. It's yeah. a challenge. It's a fascinating challenge. Yeah, exactly. I remember reading that he started with the, like the, what's it called? The the score first. And then he'd play the score on set when they're shooting so that everyone would be in the right mood and be like timed perfectly with everything. That's fascinating. Yeah. And in fact, kind of a great way to make sure that everybody is feeling the vibe. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You turn the, you turn the set into a club and you basically get this like, are we, play, are we doing a slow jam? Yeah. Are we doing a, music? right? Are we rocking out? So whatever's in baby's headphones is playing for everyone to hear. Exactly. Whether you're holding the mic or right. Yeah. You're the key grip, which is a word I just learned. Hey, hey, key grip. Nice. <laughs> I'm getting better. I know all these words. Can't step on your toes too much, sir. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. I'm going to stick to editors and stuff like that. Yeah. The guy who does the, the ca lighting film camera uh, sound. That's what you should say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the guy who does it like, indeed. And then you go, you mean the key grip. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yes, that's one. Splendid. Um, so uh, um, just as an example of the way in which music is used to actually introduce conflict into the film, this is a little bit from the script. Um, so this is right after Baby has done, uh, he's done the service to his girlfriend of taking her out to a fancy dinner yeah. where he unfortunately re-encounters Kevin Spacey's bad influence. Yeah, this is after he's repaid his debt. Yeah, so his debt is fully paid up, but Kevin Spacey says, you know, you have the option. You know that I can break your family and kill everyone you love. You break, break your family. Nice. Break your knees, kill your family and everyone you love. And um, uh, Baby... B A B Y baby, <laughs> we jinx. We just, we just had a little moment there. Fingers pointed. Um, after this this scene, baby comes in to the hideout, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And he sees the crew for the upcoming job, and this is the job that will ultimately uh, form Act Three of the movie. Uh, and it consists of bats, so Jamie Fox, uh, John Hamm. Buddy and Miss Gonzalez, um, who is darling, 
and we are introduced to a kind of strange conflict because Bats sees that Baby has his headphones in again. Yeah. He expresses his frustration, the idea that you're not supposed to listen to music before a job. You're supposed to listen to music to relax after a job. Yeah. And so we get this. Bats says to Baby, you're fucking crazy, buddy. When your folks name you Bats, you got to end up crazy. Buddy, I don't doubt you're crazy, but your real name is not Bats. Bats, so says you, darling. You think my real name's darling? Buddy. Yeah, or buddy? No, they're nick... Oh, oh, wait, I'm reading the wrong thing. <laughs> Rip the dream. No, oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry about that. Clap. <laughs> uh, so, darling, blowing bubbles, conflict over music use. Bat thinks uh, music can't be can be only listened to after a job. Buddy and darling defend baby, asking Bats if he's ever been a driver. They mentioned something called a hex song, which is a song that you apparently one of Bats had a. a, a we call them colleagues if they're criminals. Yeah. Colleague, yeah. someone he was working with on a job. He heard the song on the radio. He thought it was a bad omen, so he tried to leave. Exactly. So, buddy, I used to have my special tape that had killer uh, had my killer track on it to get me flying when he was a wheelman. So, buddy was a wheelman at a certain point. You got one of those? Baby says, sure. Buddy says, well, what is it? Baby says, Brighton Rock. Buddy, what? Queen? Baby, yeah. It's got that crazy big guitar solo. Yeah, I know that song. My brother used to play Sheer Heart Attack right through the wall. You got it on here? Baby says, uh, I got it on this one because Baby has multiple iPods for different moods that he's in. Yep. And Buddy says, play it. Let's hear that killer track. The music plays. Bats, played by uh, Jamie Foxx, says, what are you ladies listening to? Buddy says, Queen. And Bats says, Queen, Queen, Streisand now Queen. What the fuck? What are you all going to do? You all going to belt out show tunes on the way to the job? You don't need to score for a score. You just put your fucking foot on the gas and drive the goddamn car. That's all the music you need, folks. But he says, come on now. You've never been a wheel man? You never had a lucky song? And Bat says, well, a cigarette song. Après heist. Glass of scotch? Absolutely, but not before a job. I got demons enough right here playing music all the time. And he points to his head. And Buddy says, well, yeah, that I believe. Uh, thank you to the fine people at Springfield, springfield.co.uk for providing us yeah, with... Fantastic. Uh, Great job. It's uh, just a little piece from the closed captions of the film. Um, so that's a scene where we know this movie is about music, but this is a scene where we're literally introducing conflict yeah. over music. Yeah. It's wild. You know, when are you allowed to... When is it appropriate to listen to music? What kind of music is the right music to listen to? Yeah. I, I, I script-driven, you know? Yeah, like, that's great absolutely. storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with what they say, though. Like, uh, with, when Bat says, like, it's a bad omen, like, I'm perfectly okay with that. If you know what... If you something's gone wrong every time you listen to this song, and then you hear that song, you're like, eh. You've got that baseball superstition, like, you yeah. know, you got your lucky socks, like... Exactly. If you don't have your lucky socks, something's gonna go wrong in the exactly, game kind of yeah. thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I feel the same way. I think superstition grows in certain types of, like, occupations. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I like, don't know too many superstitious accountants. Uh, no, no. You know, no. it's more something where you have to perform in a in a like a brief window and just the tiniest like thing shot. can throw you off. Yeah, yeah. like or like time, kind of like time eight time. mile, like exactly. You know, lose yeah. yourself in the music. Like the tiniest thing can throw you off. You have yeah. to have your lucky socks. You have to have your lucky underwear. You have to have. But I think I think what we do is kind of similar to that. Like you know, when we say uh, you work at your house, oh, you could just work like in your PJs all day. But we say no, you have to take a shower, you have to get ready, yeah. you have to do this, and get then dressed, you could go to work, even if you know? no one's going to see it. Yes, that's why. So I, think, I agree. I think that's our like. I, in fact, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit it. I had a an, a hundred dollar laptop. It was a Dell laptop, and it broke. And I'm not I was <laughs> devastated. I wasn't able to write for weeks. 
It was just like, like I, I couldn't. I, I can't even explain it. Like I, I, it took me forever to get into using a new laptop to write. When it broke, I lost like a piece of my mojo. Yeah. And it wasn't, I couldn't just like introduce myself to a new laptop. Like everything else felt foreign. It felt yeah. wrong. The buttons were too big or too small. It wasn't. It wasn't the Dell. It wasn't the Dell. It wasn't the Dell. Yeah. yeah. And then I had to get over it. I even tried to resurrect it. I spent a whole bunch of money trying to like fix the pieces and end up frying anyway. So it, it I had to move on. Yeah. But uh, I, I do totally understand yeah. Hex songs and how... Especially if you're doing something that's that high pressure, like committing a crime. Yeah. You need to have all of your... You need to have your... Your juju. Your chakras in order. Everything <laughs> taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't... What is a chakra? So chakras are uh, sources of energy. This is Hinduism, I believe, um, where you're... Like there's a, a head chakra, I think a neck chakra, heart chakra. They're, they're different kind of flowers of different colors that... That's usually okay. how they're described. On the human body, places where energy passes through. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they have to be in line. They're supposed to be in line, and they're also supposed to, like, it can be blocked. And if okay. they're blocked, then energy isn't able it's, to pass through to the stops. other chakras. Okay. Interesting. Um, Fun fact. Yeah. Chakras. So I hope, And I hope we got that right. Oh, God. God. <laughs> I, I, all right. So just since we're on the subject of inevitable corrections, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hate to tell you this, but in the first episode, I said that a locomotive weighs 20,000 pounds. <laughs> It weighs two hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> I was off by an order of magnitude. It's just a couple zeros. Don't worry. But I did look up how much, like things that weigh, because this was about sharks and people, yeah. the relative weights. I did look up something that weighs about ten thousand pounds. So, just to give you an idea, if you put us on an exponential scale, there's me. There's the weight of a full-grown great white shark. Then there is a UPS truck at about ten thousand pounds. And fully then, loaded or not fully loaded? Uh, well, I. I don't think it's fully loaded. <laughs> okay. But in any case, it's it's in the 10,000 range. Yeah. And then if you go one notch up, you add, you multiply by 10. Yeah. Now you get up to the 200,000 or 280,000 are some of the numbers that I saw. Yeah. Locomotive engine. Crazy. So I, I'm not, it's not, the shark isn't between me and the locomotive. It's between me and then there's a UPS truck. A UPS truck and then. And then no. <laughs> Sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> But uh, yeah, my dad corrected me on that. Actually. Oh, roasted! <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Roasted. Yeah, it's the worst. And he's literally an engineer who has worked in the railway industry his entire life, yeah. so he would know. He was like, yeah. uh, you know, do you think? Do you think he's listening to it? He paused and he's like, "Hold on!" And he f- <laughs> ran up the stairs. <laughs> uh, he's, my thing is, my dad is such a precise guy, and he wants me to be a precise guy too, and I try to be. Yeah. So that's one of those things where it was like it was deep shame. I could feel his disappointment. <laughs> Yeah. No. So I apologize. It's two hundred eighty thousand pounds, not twenty thousand pounds. Close enough. Okay. All right. So Sorry, uh, moving on to some other stuff. I, I, unfortunately, um, I I talked about that other thing first. Hopefully, we can edit that out. Um. Yeah, I'll edit that. No. Yeah, edit, edit that out so we can talk about it again later. Uh, there's a couple of other things that we, um, that that stuck out to me from the movie. But first, sir, let me ask you. Uh, from the perspective of color, yeah, I noticed there was the vibrancy of when baby's driving. Yeah, then there is a kind of more subdued and yet warm coloring when he's with Deborah. Yep, and then there's the the, the hideout. Yeah, Which that is, is gray, surgical and... blue and gray. Yeah, was that was that something that you like appreciated? Uh, was it on this movie? It wasn't something I 
consciously noticed and went, oh, I have to think about that. But when I think of the movie, it comes to mind. Like, it, it was one of those things that, again, uh, affects you unconscious, like subconsciously. But, like, for me, it wasn't, uh, like, a vast difference enough that it was like, holy shit, the color is very crazy. Like, an American Made was, like, yes, plainly yeah, obvious. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, you know? like the, it was, like, the, zero the jungle 100. was, like, bleeding. Like, exactly. It was just, like, so... Exactly. Oversatur- almost oversaturated. Exactly. So, it was, like, zero to 100 versus this one, which was, like, maybe Much more 30 to 70. Much normal ranges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it affects you, but not, like, holy shit, that's the color. Yeah, you know? indeed. But yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's one of those things that uh, I, I didn't notice until we started this podcast, like how much that plays a role in storytelling, Yeah, the coloring of a scene, the temperature of the colors that you're yeah. seeing and how it makes you feel about what's happening. Exactly. Well, ultim- ultimately, yeah. that's my goal with this podcast is just to ruin movie watching for you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It, it's really true. I, I, like you, you told me this before. This was a couple years ago. You said to me. Dude, like, ever since I've been making movies, I can't watch movies oh my God. normally it's anymore. I can't just, like, lose myself in yeah. it and suspend my disbelief. It's always about the craft and yeah. the, everything looks like a set. Everything looks like a scene. Yeah. If you can if you can avoid that, holy shit, you're a legend. Yeah. Well, I can't do it for books. For me, <laughs> I'm always, always, like, paying attention to writing style. And if somebody I don't think is, like, if I don't think someone's a good writer, yeah. I can't read it. I just can't read it. It's yeah. it, it's hurting me exactly to to continue like looking at these sentences and, and yeah, that's like me with like people who shoot videos and they're like, "How's this?" and I'm like, "It looks like a student film." And I'm like, "Great!" <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Which I suppose you must have been exposed to a lot in film oh, school. Oh yeah. Like I, I understand that like maybe mine. Did you have to watch each other's movies like oh, after all the time? Oh god, all the time. It was so cringy. Because like I'm sure, I'm sure mine was like not that much better. But like I tried. I'm sure to it was. Okay, much know. better. But yeah, your humility is well yeah, taken. Yeah, I, I like, I don't know. Some of those were really bad, and I'm like, did you try to fix that? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I have an anecdote about that, but I'll, I'll save it for for later. I gotta make sure I got a pen here. Right? Uh, all we have is a, all we have is a green crayon, ladies and gentlemen. Why do we have a, why do we have a crayon? Uh, oh, oh, hold on. Turquoise blue. Oh, oh turquoise. Gorgeous. I got some pens. Blue, red. Gorgeous. Um, I'm not sure if they work. Well, I feel good now. Like, now yeah, I've now shaken off the nerves. We're vibing. We're back. We're back. We're here. This is the Film and Color Podcast brought to you by some of the most excited podcasters working today. I mean, we are having a good time up in here. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wish they could is... be here, but I don't think it'd be the same. Sorry? I wish they could be here, but I don't think it would be the same. I do agree. You know, it, I know big podcasters, eventually they start having like live events where they meet people. Yeah, I'd, tell you, I'd be horrendous. Well, I, I was just about to say, not. if we ever do that, it's all on you, sir. I'm not showing up. I'm not going. I don't want to. This is not, that's not my cup of tea. No. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hermetic Man. individual. That would not be my jam. Hermetic, is that the right word? I don't know. Oh, same, same thing. Um, okay, so um, talking about some, maybe, yeah, there's some great writing in this movie. I mean, really great. Uh, so before we go on to the other the other quote from the script that I wanted to bring in, uh, maybe let's talk about, uh, oh, okay, just some random things about the movie that I loved. Sunglass, use of sunglass reflections. 
Best I've ever seen. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. That amazing. Like I've seen so many cheesy movies where they try and transition through sunglasses. Oh, this the, the, like orangey sunset shot. Yes. Yo, just yeah, uh, it was am- absolutely amazing. You so baby first of all has a thing, kind of a fun quirk that he always needs to have sunglasses. At one point, Jamie Fox takes his sunglasses, then baby takes out another pair, puts them on. Jamie Fox knocks them off his face. Do you want to? No, keep going. Reinstall that. My my uh my colleague lost his pop filter, and uh so Jamie Fox knocks the sunglasses off his face, and then J- uh, uh Baby takes out a third pair of sunglasses and puts those on. It's just a sunglass bonanza happening here. He needs to have them. It's and it really worked for his character. I mean, oh, it, it was hilarious. It was fun. Yeah, I loved it. Really fun quirk, and the way that Mr. Wright. Uh, uses the sunglasses to transition between scenes one in particular being that sunglass scene as you mentioned yeah absolutely um, I've never seen it done well I haven't even seen it done acceptably well like I think like Brett Ratner has a thing in Godzilla where something happens with sunglasses and it's just like it's just atrocious it takes you out of the movie it's so bad yeah he does it in this movie and it's it's not just good but it's transcendentally like, it's, it's going to get copied good. so much to the yeah. point of, of you, distraction. You know what, though? I've been watching a lot of, like, YouTube videos that are, like, uh, I, I don't remember what it's called. It's, like, a it's like a festival, kind of like Tomorrowland. Okay, yeah. I think it's called, like, Ultra something, Ultra Europe or something like that. Okay. And this company did it. Me and, me a friend, me and my friend watched it yesterday, and literally every transition was, like, that good. Ooh. So I think those type of transitions are coming from the whole, like, YouTube web interesting era because like they have to find new ways so to now we're getting like big budget blockbuster directors who are actually getting inspired by some of the smaller yeah. players yeah. in the game Cause fantastic because like, like good transitions are like fairly common in in like higher end YouTube and we talked about transitions last week with wipes and and Star Wars yeah. uh, right and and crossfades and I it's funny because I've noticed so many crossfades in the last week yeah it's once insane. you once you like are attuned to it, you notice them very very persistently. Once I mention something on this podcast, you will never not notice it. It's true. It's <laughs> terrible. You should you should shut this off, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna ruin movies for you. Yes. Please don't turn it off. Though. So, no, 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 stay stay. Well, if you know if if you don't want to stay with us, feel free. But I I personally You're making a am, terrible mistake. <laughs> I'm really excited that we're like only at 29 minutes because I'm yes. having the time of my good. life up in here. In fact, uh, actually, I talked I talk to you about this on the phone. I hope I haven't mentioned this already. But there's something about doing these podcasts with you, sir, that uh, caps off the week for me. Yeah. You know, like, I'll have, I'll have, I'll go through everything. For example, uh, my colleague here, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, he's moving into uh, new accommodations. Um, he also finally got feedback on his first episode of his TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Very positive. Producer loved it. That's the best news you could get. Congratulations, sir. Producer's paying you. Second best news you could get. <laughs> Blended. I think they're both ti- they're both tied yeah, for first up exactly, there, right? Exactly. Uh, and uh, I, I this week I was working on my detective. Uh, that is to say, my Christmas story, which this this year happened to be a detective story with my my detective character, who oh, is what's his name? pretty good, fairly popular. I don't. I I I need to keep these two worlds separate for just a, okay. like a little bit longer. Sure. Sure. Um, because my nom de plume is the only thing that helps me feel comfortable writing about some stuff that is like really kind of touchy and okay. Like I, I, I wouldn't be able to write about it if I would. I thought people would like see me at the mall and be like, 
I can't fuck? believe you, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah. have to keep those worlds separate. It's like that music video I shot today. It's like a superhero. Yes, indeed. It's, a, it's, it's, it's very much like a superhero yeah. mask, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not that it endangers my friends and family, but no. it, it does... It, a little bit. I don't want... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I mean, I've written some fucked up things. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, basically, um, this week was... I, was... So, we've both discussed how the importance of making stuff before Christmas. People buy a lot of new... Uh, gadgets at Christmas time, yeah, and uh, and then they start to explore their gadgets, and they end up in the iBook store or the Amazon bookstore or the podcast store. Or Welcome, the podcast. Mm-hmm. just a hint. <laughs> if they uh, if they do, uh, I I want to have something there that's new and fresh and it's related to Christmas with a Christmassy theme. Yeah. So that's why I publish a Christmas story every year around this time, and I finally got my story published this week, and it was. A huge hassle and very kind of strenuous and stressful. Nice. But now that it's done, uh, it, it, it's done. You know, I how, can... how long does it take you to write like X amount of So first story? of all, this, I wrote this story last year. Okay. And it consists of, it, it's not totally continuous, but it consists of over three months worth of material. But the bulk of it was written over the course of about like two to three weeks. Okay. And that's how long? Is that- uh, it's currently, I think, 38,000 words, with, but not, that's not including the prologue and the epilogue. Okay. Uh, how many pages? Okay, I would describe it as a novella. It's not a okay, novel. Okay, okay. So like, like sub 100, 100? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like what you would consider to be like a book. Yeah. It's more like something that you would read maybe when you're like a preteen. Yeah. You know, like the ones that were like this thick and yeah. you could probably, you could it's read like it night. in a sitting okay. or you could read it in a couple of sittings, but it's not, it's not very long. Yeah. But it's part of my series of this detective character that I have. Okay. Has a, has Does a, stuff. He detects. Very cool. It's, I, I personally love writing this character because uh, it's fun. It's always fun when you use um, flawed characters. Okay. That... They're basically their own worst enemy. Yeah, and it's just fun. I I, I, I enjoyed editing it, and then I had to I had to end up writing like a, there were pieces missing from it. Okay, so I had to write those pieces in, but yeah. it wasn't that that wasn't the hard part. The hard part is the editing. Yeah, the editing where it's just sure. like it feels like you're banging your head against the desk because it's not it's not fun. It's not working. Something something is wrong. I think Lewis Black put it this way when he was talking about how hard it is to write a play. He said. Uh, it's like you're doing a puzzle piece of a totally blue sky, <laughs> yeah. Like a pu- like a jigsaw puzzle of a totally yeah. blue sky, yeah. and there's like a slight gradient. There's a slight like three percent slight gradient. So yeah. you start off doing the edges, and then you fill it in, and then you get to a certain point where you're just hammering the pieces into pr- yeah. like yeah. they don't fit here, but <laughs> make them fit. Yeah. And then eventually you have something, and you're like. But it's done. It's, it's the take sky. It. I'm, I'm not working on it anymore. Just you take it as it is, and you better like it, or I'm going to scream. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not the most um, luxurious and zen like <laughs> process. Exper- process experience. Process. It, it's it's very. Uh, it's aggressive. Especially at the end, you do start to feel like, why the hell did I <laughs> want to do this as a living for a living? Yeah. But certainly, um, the fun part always comes with the response. Mm-hmm. Where people start to come back and they start to respond to it, and they, you know, they'll tell you like, uh, you know, just kind of. I don't want to be cliched about it, but just things like people will say like, uh, you know, something that's happened in my life, and this really helped me take my mind off it, and awesome. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait for the next one, and you know, good luck yeah. to you and stuff like that, and you're just like, oh my god, yeah. god damn, thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, it's funny because to be effusive when you like reply, I always feel professionalism there. Like yeah. I, I can't just reply to my. 
your like emotions. Call, call, yeah, if my if if someone if a client I think of them as clients, but like if, if a customer yeah. reads a story and they're like this this really difficult thing happened in my life, I can't be like this difficult thing is happening in my life too. <laughs> I, you, can't, you know, they're they're not they're not your friend exactly. Yeah. You you have to maintain a, a, a professional relationship. Yeah, but I learned that the hard way. Because when oh, I yeah? first started off, I was like, trying to, now I'm trying to make friends, but I was just be, I would just be effusive. Okay. And it, I think it scared them. <laughs> they were like, this guy is slightly unhinged. Like, He's telling me his life story. All I did was read his book, and I liked it. Yeah. Uh, so jealous. now I'm much more circumspect about responding to people who who give me positive feedback. But yeah. it is one of the best parts of it, and part awesome. of the reason that I think any creative person, if you stick at it long enough, you stick it long enough to, that you can start making money off of it. You do develop a a kind of self um, self policing system where you're like, nope, it's got to get done. Like yes. I knew it had to get done this week. I, yeah. I can't procrastinate on this. This is my, this is the way I'm going to make money. If it's not done by next week, I'm going to miss the Christmas season. I'm going to miss out on a whole bunch of money. And now we start to spiral into the, yeah, that's the whole, like you don't have a salary. It's the money you make. Yeah. You have yeah. to pay attention to to these kinds of different windows. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, even though there were big parts of the book where I was like, oh, this is weak. This is a weak section. Yeah. I, I do. Uh, you just you just buck. You just kind of suck it up and you 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 you, 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 you hit those <laughs> puzzle pieces with a hammer until exactly. they fit. And then you just let it out into the world. I think that's a thing that like we as like people who edit a lot of stuff, we realize that you're focusing on such a tiny aspect that no one's gonna gloss over yeah like yeah it's like i remember we we're shooting this episode and we were focusing on this one section and we spent three days i think on it and it was like i want at a certain point i was like okay when let's you come say back. A section how long is the section like it's like two minutes a minute and 30 seconds worth of like eight seconds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, three days over eight, something that would be appearing on the screen for eight seconds. Yeah, it was like arguments over three days of just like, wow, how the fuck are we going to fix this goddamn yeah. mistake? Yes. And then I remember showing like three like completely outside people. And like, I was like, so what do you think? And like, but like I showed them like a bigger section. Yeah. And I was like, so what do you think? They're like, yeah, it was great. Like, I just didn't like this part. And they pointed out a completely opposite Complete, part. Not, not and I was like, nothing to do with what you guys like, had been what debating about. What about this? About. And they're like, oh, I didn't. I was like, God damn it. Yes. Just throw it the fuck out. Yes. yes. And that, that's something that is, I think, for people who are in a creative domain, that's such a hard lesson to learn because yeah. you become, it becomes your baby. Yeah. You become enamored with it. You need it to be perfect. Yeah. And you can go down this dark hole of needing it to be perfect in every way for something that ultimately won't be recognized. Exactly. And actually, it's interesting that we discuss this. I think it's good because on the topic of Baby Driver, we're we're talking about someone's passion project. Edgar Wright loves this movie. The, yeah. one, here's one of my notes um, that I I was like, this is awesome. In the laundromat scene, yeah, all of the machines in the back have either yellow, blue, or red pieces of clothing. Yeah, and it just creates this beautiful visual spectacle. Yeah. Now think about how much effort has to go into the creating the scene for what it's it's not exactly. up, it's a, it's up for maximum a minute it's something no one would notice no one would notice right it's not yeah. gonna like change your film going experience you're not gonna be like oh god i hated that movie but but that laundromat, that laundromat scene <laughs> wow notice how it's red and blue and green exactly. and yellow but for us as people who love movies watching it you it's a hint at how much passion 
yeah. is going into this. How much perfectionism is going into this. How much detail every single piece. Every single piece that you see is it has been thought about so carefully that it just becomes a masterpiece. Exactly. Um, it's like when you're I, and I love movies. I love movies like that because there are way too many movies that are just thrown together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just you know, yeah. uh, Anthony Hopkins things. and Thor <laughs> looking yeah. out over a machine. Look at do. that beautiful. You're looking at a green screen. It's a green screen. We all <laughs> see it's a green screen. You don't even light your characters properly. It's a green. Stop screen. talking about the vista that you do not see. <laughs> Look at that green. Uh, blue. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah. So, in light of that, some of these like like somebody, I'm I'm really glad that we watched Baby Driver. Exactly. Even though it's not my cup of tea. Did you get bothered by the driving scenes as much as you would a normal driving movie? No. Okay. So let's make this clear. This is some of the best filming of a driving scene I've ever seen. There's no choppy cutting. Like at one point, the camera it's like a 16 second long shot. And holy, whoever is driving that car is a like a maestro of the vehicle. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. Like this is how you shoot exactly driving action. It was just caressing the street. It was absolutely amazing. And in fact, one of the one of my favorite shots that I later learned was done entirely practically. Was at one point Deborah says to Baby, "So you're not a chauffeur then?" And this is after Baby, or the I guess the the stunt driver, drives in to the garage, does this swerve. And the camera basically goes in through the driver window yeah. and ends perfectly framed on her face. And they did that practically. That's not yeah. CGI. Yeah. I lost my mind when I learned that. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely amazing. The technical skill required, the yeah. logistics, the amount of preparation and planning that had to go into taking, making that shot happen. Exactly. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's funny. It's almost sad. In this age of CGI, you're like, oh, there's no way that could have been real. It was. It was, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it when that does that because it gives it like that level of authenticity that you can't really get. You can't. Yes, exactly. And exactly. it's like, it's again, not something that anyone would notice, but if you're paying attention, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Whoa, what, was, what was that? It, it kind of, it you goes know? to show that he's making this movie as much like for the ages as he is for like now. It, exactly. It's not just a movie that's made to like cash out now and then we assume people are going to forget about it from now. It's not a popcorn movie. No. This is a, this is a work of art. This exactly. is a heist. Edgar Wright wants to make in his lifetime a heist driving movie. And this is his addition to the canon. Exactly. And I think it owns that place on yeah, the shelf. Like beautiful. It, beautifully it, done. It, it like pushes Fast and the Furious aside. It's like, get out of here, you pretenders. <laughs> yeah. This is how it's done. You know what it is? It's a, it's a driving movie with a story behind it. Yeah. 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 And it's written by him. Yeah. Which was, I thought, really impressive. Yeah. I think you can be that good of a director and also be... The script was great. The script was amazing, yeah. I loved it. Oh, my voice got... <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you think of the the like the music being timed to the each action? I liked it, but I, I do have to say, music for me. How do I put this? Okay, well, why don't you respond first? Sure. In your experience, like if you were to make a movie that was predominantly musically based, yeah, is this the way you would have done it? Uh, yeah, I would have because it's so hard to uh, make footage, make an edit match the song more than it is make hold on did i explain that right and edit match the song yeah yeah when you're in when you're in post-production when you're editing and you have the song it's harder to edit the video to the song like that yeah make everything match perfectly yeah than it is to have the song before on set and then 
be like, okay, this, you have to go bang, hit that at this specific I see, I see. moment, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, there was a lot of stuff for each song where like their footsteps were timed to the songs. And I was like, ha, imagine the, the meticulousness, How, uh, yes. oh you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Like he's I watching the scene. That. I imagine he's watching the scene on his little monitor and he's like, nope, your feet are off. Yeah, right yes, here. exactly. Go again. Go again. Yeah. And I, I mean, he must be blasting the music on set. Exactly. So like he's basically making them dance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's making them walk Essentially, dance yeah. around. Essentially. Yeah. It's like a little musical. God, talk, talk about like setting yourself. Like most directors find it hard enough just to make a picture. This is a guy who is is trying to like making it difficult for, for himself from the beginning. Being like, yeah. I want the steps to be timed to the beats <laughs> yeah. of a Motown song. Everyone else on set is just like, Are you fucking insane? Yeah, I'm sure. But then again, momentary pause. Brought to you by the sweet taste of Bitburger. Bitter ein Bit. Hey. Sponsored by German no beer. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, it's Belgian, I think. Is it... Uh, Bitburger. Bitburger. And, when, I, and when I see burger on my beer, I don't think good. <laughs> burger Burger used to mean a town. Yeah. Like, uh, But it's it means a hamburger to me. So. <laughs> Indeed. Because and a hamburger the reason a hamburger is called a hamburger is because it was they originally ground beef patties were made were sold in Hamburg. Hamburg, oh, Germany. Say what? So it was like a hamburger was a a, Play, a the, of, the kind yeah. of sandwich you got in Hamburg. That's wild. Yeah. And if you think about it, like there's no ham. No. So it's so what <laughs> kind of an odd what is this Belgian Bitburger? Germany, brewed in Germany. Interesting. Bitter ein bit, please a bit. <laughs> so, um, um, as I refill my, um, what are these called again? Pints. As I refill my pint, because we are indeed at the the pub. Are we? I'll come back to this after. Uh, did you notice how weird John Ham's eyebrows were? No. They were like way too thin. They they really? were like they were tiny little like Hitler mustache eyebrows. <laughs> it was upsetting. It was I I could once I noticed it I couldn't stop noticing it. It's oh, like Christian Bale's eye wart when he's Batman. Yeah. What like what the first, as soon as you notice it you're like oh, oh god it's there you... it's there I can see it. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, see if you can maybe find a uh, a clip. They were they were not they they weren't Don Draper eyebrows. They were weird, tiny eyebrows. They just couldn't little, stop noticing after I noticed them the little first baby time. boy eyebrows. Um, so as you're, as you're looking for that, uh, ooh, my voice sounds nice. Crispy. Um, so we talked about how, uh, basically this movie is so much about music, yeah. but it's also subtly not about music in the sense of that the first time you watch it, you don't necessarily walk away thinking that this is a movie that was made because of love of music. You, you see it as a driving film, yeah. which is a, just a testament to how good the mo- the director is, exactly. how masterful he is at his craft that... He's, he's trying to make a, a passion piece about music, and it doesn't come off that way. It comes off as being a really fascinating heist yeah. criminal story. Uh, the script is really good, as I've mentioned before. There were fun things like um, Sunset, a car, you know, like just different pieces of um, kind of... Um, hold on. Different pieces of um, what sounded, what came off as... Uh, kind of cool slang like criminal slang and it was very convincing so instead of being like go destroy that car i'd be like go sunset the car oh yeah yeah, yeah. right which was good and it was it it added to the sense of authenticity that you had yeah watching the film like that that underworld that you don't know a lot about yeah exactly like it's kind of like the uh the appeal that john wick had 
like the exactly first one, where it's like oh here's the coin and you're like what did the coin exactly where are they there's from been a couple movies about that like the kingsman the voice got really pitched to get there <laughs> the kingsman the secret service yeah right where yeah. it's kind of like a secret underground world that's just out of sight and it gives the audience this sensation that they're looking into something that's always there yeah just below the surface and now they're finally getting a glimpse into it yeah which is a fun yeah. feeling it's awesome this this movie definitely had that there were cute tropes like you know um but uh buddy buddy actually is a character in the movie <laughs> baby and his girlfriend deborah they you know they joke about how they their names appear in songs in different amounts and the fact that the main character is literally called baby, baby. means that he, he probably has the most song. songs written about him yeah then his name ends up being miles yeah and you're like oh and i was like oh, okay like you know you, I don't, you, do you know I, why it's they... clever enough without you having to beat me over the head with yeah. it you know like is do that really know... worth the it's sort of like a yuck yuck like yeah. oh you know do you know why they changed his name to, like they added that in why they did that yeah i don't know like as a like for me there's no like it added nothing i agree uh, but i think that maybe Ed, like when you're writing a screenplay sometimes you're 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 not you're not sure if the audience has got it yet and so you okay. kind of overextend yeah i know i've done that before in stories yeah, where sure. like, you know then i get like feedback where they're like you know you didn't have to beat us over the head with it it was way better when you kept it subtle yeah sometimes when you're working on something for long enough you you kind of yeah you get, you're like you know what and and not just that but i'll make his name miles <laughs> you know like miles like your drive and you're yeah. <laughs> like that's just stupid now baby was good though it's a great script but yeah. that's just a dumb part of it exactly yeah um <laughs> oh gosh we're gonna get in trouble people people there there are like hardcore edgar wright fans who are gonna oh, yeah. ream us for Sorry, not being guys. effusive enough i said he was my favorite jeez he's on the list yeah um he's on the good boy list not the naughty so list. a character development um baby is this the one thing I want to discuss? Okay, so just one, one yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, funny nephew, yeah. you know, the criminal yeah. prodigy who <laughs> is helping baby. You know, he's like uh, ten cameras and four and <laughs> like he holds up his hand with his with his uh, Sony PSP in his hand and like four PSPs. Sorry, his PSP in his hand with four fingers up, saying there are four employees. Yeah, so he's better at it than than uh, and he's like baby eight. is. And then he says, uh, you know, just say boo and she'll give you the big bills first. It's like, who is this kid? <laughs> Get him off the streets. <laughs> wait a this second. is like a, a Batman supervillain waiting to happen over exactly. here. Exactly. Man's already legend and he's 12. Um, did you see, did you find John Hamm's? Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> What's it, it's so distracting it's, once you yeah, notice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's doing? like, the, it's like from his, the corner of his eye, the tail is just gone. Yeah, it's just gone. It's and shaved it's, right it's, off. What, who, what was the stylistic decision? Like, I have we're no going to give him little tiny Hitler mustache eyebrows? I don't understand. Maybe, maybe. Oh, spooky. Oh, maybe. we just lost our light. And now it's back. So, uh, so, um, uh, if there's anything so the great script absolutely fantastic script and there's one more thing i want to share with you ladies and gentlemen about the uh the butcher scene where he's selling yeah. the the guns. the guns i'm gonna read that verbatim because it the writing is so good i can't believe the director wrote the script it's yeah, it's, it's the good. writing is splendid and there's i think he's got a fascination with french yeah because yeah. there's a quite a bit of french in here and yeah. uh, as you know we were forced to learn it oh, so we might as well make use of it belong. um i so i looked up uh some um words hold on oh yeah before we get to that uh, yeah i looked up some things for example diners i was trying to figure out when is this movie taking place taking place it, they're they they jump pretty freely through time we've got a lot of vinyls 
when yeah. Deborah recommends a song to him, he goes out and buys a vinyl. I know it's it's probably yeah, it's I mean, the back. fact that iPods exist means we're at least in the mid two thousands. Yeah, um, but they he definitely does have fun with every other medium. So, for yeah. example, diners are most popular in the nineteen fifties. They attracted many young teenagers and school students. They were a popular place to hang out with friends, and they were the most at their high, their peak of popularity in the nineteen sixties. So, I think the film basically starts off. Not, not that it starts off in the 1960s, but in terms of the eras that it's exploring, the fact that Baby always goes to this diner where his mom used to work means that they're, they're in terms of the eras they're exploring, they explore the 1960s. Yeah. They explore the 1970s with vinyl records. Yeah. Um, the term jukebox, so jukeboxes play a fairly big role in this movie as well, yeah. came into use in the United States in the 1930s. It was derived from African-American slang juke, meaning dance. Okay. Didn't know that. Interesting. Um, the Shellac 78 RPM record dominated jukeboxes until the Seabird Corporation introduced an all 45 RPM vinyl record jukebox in 1950. Okay. So the, what we're seeing, I think we can, we can fairly say it starts in the 1960s and then it explores beyond that. Yeah. Started in the 1980s, compact discs became the norm for modern jukeboxes. So this is very Pulp Fiction-y, uh, the, the, the diner, like even like the costume or the uniforms worn by the girls yeah the those diner. are very uh i don't see that being worn unless maybe they are but it, being worn know. by someone who's working in the mid-2000s at a diner I, yeah no you know it was very they were very uh playing fast and loose with the time yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah talking about shorty skirty which is apparently <laughs> an expression <laughs> uh, so mixture of time periods you have the seven the 60s or 70s diner you have records which Baby uses to listen to music when it's been recommended to him by his girlfriend. You have tapes, which Baby uses to record conversations around him and also to make music himself, which I can't get over how much I loved yeah, seeing how that was, that was done, right? Yeah. Do, and, did you love it when he showed his... He's like, I make music with the with the recordings and they're like, bullshit. And yeah. They, they bring him in, they play the tapes, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> exactly. It was a great scene. It was I a really great it. scene. I loved it. And it, yeah, it was also, it had the added tension of them knowing, like, if they if they played the tape and there was anything but music on it, oh, they were going to kill him. They were going to waste him. Sunsetted. He was going to get driven home by Jamie Foxx. Which, Thanks, Dave. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Bad news bears. And finally, we have the early 2000s iPods, which yeah. was the way Baby preferred to listen to his own music. So you get vinyl, you get tapes, you get... So let's. I guess we should begin. We get jukeboxes, we get okay. vinyl records, we get tapes, and then we get iPods. Yeah. Um, which is basically spanning the spectrum of the way movies... Or movies. Music was sold yeah. from the 1960s to today. And that was really cool. I really liked that. Yeah. Uh, and I actually didn't even notice it until after when I thought about it. Because there was something so organic about it. It was like the movie's jumping through time, but... But it's, it's clear not. that they're, you know, they're, they're driving mod- modern me. cars. Yeah. Modern cars. Um, okay. Uh, all right. A couple of, the, of other things. I, I, I wish more of these were questions. They're more like observations. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about as someone who makes movies and who, who pays very close attention to detail we like, I mean, we like superhero movies and we hate superhero movies. One of the things about this film that I found was very much like a superhero movie is the way in which the character's clothing was very uniform. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is dressed in red. Yep. Darling is dressed in pink. John Hamm is dressed all black. Doc is dressed in gray. Baby is dressed with a white and black on top. And Deborah is dressed in a black dress with a white collar. Yep. And... I, I like do you, do you have any thoughts about that did you like that did you okay so uh, this might be a little bit 
I'm going to ruin some movies for more people, okay? So, uh, mo- a lot of times in movies, there's things called uh, semiology, which is where you tell the story through parts of the story that aren't directly told to you. So, for example, uh, you said baby's clothes are white on the inside, black on the outside. If you think about his character, he's a good person on the inside, white, black on the outside, he's in the criminal world. That kind of thing. So, when you think of uh, certain characters and the color, the colors they wear and how they wear them, it can tell you more about the character than what meets the eye. So, like, you might see a character, not know exactly what they're about. Like, if they're like a like a spy that like is constantly switching sides, sometimes you can tell by what they're wearing what side they're actually on. Yeah, fascinating, and that's actually a conscious decision made by the people who absolutely. Are, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. That's the thing, like everything is everything is thought about. And especially in these movies by directors who write them and like pay this close attention, there's aspects of them that are like so like in detail that you don't even think about someone thinking about it. But when you're on set, you're like, what is the person wearing? And you're like, fuck, I didn't think about that. So fascinating. Yeah. It, it's I guess as a film viewer, you almost don't want to notice that much because yeah. it can take you out of you. You lose your Absolutely. suspension of disbelief yeah. if you start paying attention too much to what's happening. So yeah. okay, I'll, I'll think of like a, a classic example: Star Wars. Luke is dressed in white, Han Solo white with a black vest over, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Princess Leia dressed in white, Vader dressed in black. Yep. Know what I'm saying? It's me, aren't you, baby? That's like, like a lot of the time you'll tell what a character is actually about with their clothes. And, uh, yeah. What would you moves. say, like, for yourself in terms of the projects that you've worked on, has there been one in particular that comes to mind where that was playing a particularly large role? Maybe, like, from film school? I remember it was something we learned later on in film school, so, like, we couldn't apply it as much as we wanted to. It's also something that a lot of people throw off to the side like for example when you're in film school a lot of the issue was paying attention too much on the image and not enough on everything that supports the image so and by supports the image you mean art decor uh clothes music sound all this thing is kind of like pushed off to the side interesting and those things can save your your edit like crazy i know we on the tv show for example we had a segment that was like it was so bad and we're like how the fuck do we clean this up and like we yeah. couldn't think of anything and then i just started writing like we, we discussed like a voiceover i started writing like some kind of good for you sir like, voiceover thing Indeed. and then like we cleaned it up and like everyone like read it over like a hundred times and then we we made this voiceover that actually saved the video splendid and, like, splendid it Indeed. makes it so much more watchable yes so yes. Like, if you think about it there's a, there's a big experiment that's like if you listen to if you go on YouTube and you watch a video, yeah, and it's 4K, gorgeous image, yeah. but it sounds like, and then it, yeah, you're that, not gonna you're enjoy clicking it. off instantly, yeah, instantly, right? But if it has very clean audio, kind of hopefully like what this sounds like, but a terrible image, you'll stay longer because the audio is more important. Yeah, than it, it's it can be if it's not done right, it can be more offensive to the senses. Exactly. Some some say it's like because we grew audio before video fascinating uh, yeah 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 yeah. we started sensing vibrations in the water before we evolved eyes exactly yeah so that's like one of the things that so back to your question uh 
we didn't put that much emphasis on everything other than the image so we like that would be like last minute shit so we didn't write it in the script before we started working on the script yeah but i remember i had to write a script after film school and i tried to as much as possible to put that in yeah but it, it didn't turn out the way exactly i wanted to but yeah. you can say you can see there was the thought was there. Yeah, you could exactly. see the thought that, yeah. that it began with those inklings in mind. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting that uh, one of the the most the least noticed aspects of filmmaking is the importance of sound. Yeah. You you readily forget it, but Star Wars is not Star Wars without John Williams. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's not even like it's not like watch watch. Uh, it's the 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 film is shaped is 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 prog- is progressed is 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 molded and defined by the amazing score that he provides. Exactly, and and they become indistinguishable. Like you're like, oh my god, George Lucas created Star Wars. Like you know what, John Williams probably created it just as much as George Lucas did because it wouldn't yeah. be Star Wars without his amazing score. Exactly. Think about just Vader walking down. Like the tunnel, and you're like, okay, it's just yeah. a dude, a, black, a dude in black walking down a tunnel. Yeah, and then you see, you put like, da 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 and da da. da speaking and you're like, of, oh, yes, fuck, the Imperial March, right? Just absolutely defined. But also speaking of that too, uh, um, if you ever heard, I think his name is Price, the gentleman who actually is occupying the suit. If you've ever heard the raw, oh, it's footage, bad. It's bad. It sounds like a guy in a tin bucket yeah. talking. Yeah, and he's got a British accent too. Yeah. You, only when James Earl Jones becomes vader does vader become vader mm-hmm. so again sound is absolutely defined yeah. this Very character yeah. it's not he's not vader without james earl jones any more than he's vader without john williams yeah and this isn't even music or dialogue it's also sound effects yes i was thinking about this the last time i don't know why but i've been looking back to the star wars movies first of all industrial light and magic i don't adam savage was working there at a certain point yeah it's just they're just so good everything that you see from the practical effects of just like sparks and explosions to individual props and the way they look and feel it's just gorgeous the way that this this film has been visually put together and the people who are working back in behind the scenes to try and make it look that good exactly just must have taken an, an inordinate tremendous amount of work you have you probably have people who are working on stuff for weeks that only got shown on screen for a couple seconds oh absolutely yeah right that's it yeah so but it's like, just it it's, makes that shot so much better right you're building a world exactly you're not you're not it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be the center set piece that you're paying attention to you're building a world and that means you're gonna have to put a lot of effort in exactly so even if what you put into it and and uh, i mean because star wars became such a cult classic if you like made one of the designs or like one of the masks or something masks or something like that then you could still you know sit back and be like son I made that. I made that little gross <laughs> alien in the corner there of the cantina. Pause, pause, pause. Yeah, pause, I did, pause. I did there he is. There he is. See? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just a couple yeah. seconds of screen time, but it was something you could tell your grandchildren about yeah. because it was it's, in Star Wars. It's in Star Wars. So you have that element to it. But then the other the other thing that I couldn't help noticing when I was watching movies again is how good the sound is. The Foley. Yeah. Like, just just pure like like uh forget about the cliches like the lightsaber sound just like the the voices of the aliens yeah the 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 variations in even like the them walking on like platforms yeah you know like like the the clink 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 clink, clink, it sounds like they're walking on a metal floor yeah that stuff is fantastic and and people don't realize that's that's individual clips like click click, that's a guy with a piece of metal in his hand going like bang 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 and a hammer or or 
I probably mean, not, boots I guess they, they that, also yeah. do it with they step with their shoes and they try and make um, it as realistic special, as yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Foley artists are, are cool people. Oh, man. They're it's weird and so cool fun to and, watch. Yeah, yeah. They, and they'll, they'll they're like uh, I remember the two Foley artists from I think Friends or something like that. They were like a husband and wife, and they were the quirkiest people you would ever imagine. But they were just so like they would be like uh, uh, they have like sawdust in their hands and they would rub them together near the mic. <laughs> Like to do like different sounds or like yeah. chewing sounds, they'd be like, <sighs> yeah. And sometimes it's stuff you don't think about, like bones breaking. It's like celery. Yeah, like, or a, a what? Like like splat of an organ would be like a piece of lettuce. Or yeah, not a, a cabbage. Yeah, it's like just a cabbage smashed. thrown on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and like some some items that like normally, like let's say a bike. Like you know the when you stop pedaling, it's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they might not take a bike to make that sound. They yeah. might use something else to make that. Sound. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Very, it's very. I, lo- I it's absolutely very love cool that art. Yeah. Actually, I recently heard about this. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're drifting a little bit. We'll get back to uh, Baby Driver. In this, actually, though, let's get. We'll get yeah, back to it now, and then, and then we'll come back to one of the other things. Sure. I wanted to talk about. Um, just a r- totally random thought. Here's some. Um, <laughs> Uh, the script in this movie is so good, so I'm going to read you a little bit that you you absolutely have to hear. So this happens, this is the, right before, uh, so Baby has now been contracted and he's got to do another job for Doc's character, Kevin Spacey, and they, in order to do this job, where they're going to be stealing a number of um, mail order, is it, wait, hold on. Money orders. Money orders. Yeah. Money orders from the post office, which they describe as being there's something you know they'll be able to fence them for a thousand dollars a money order, and the boxes have two hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah. two hundred fifty. So it's about a quarter of a million dollars a box, box. which means they can make off with a huge amount of money if they just rob the post office. Yeah. But in order to do that, they're going to need a car and they're going to need weapons. So they go to get these weapons from a a gun seller, who. Apparently is a police officer, but he's one of the police officers that Kevin Spacey has on the take. Crooked cops. Crooked cops, indeed. So he says, voila, welcome to la charcuterie. Oh, God, I, my French is so bad. <laughs> a charcuterie is, you know, a, a place where you buy uh, meats. Yeah. Um, we in Montreal have plenty of them, and they're all delicious, and you yes, should go. Very good. Tonight, gentlemen, madam, we have only the finest cuts of pork direct from the local smokehouse. So this is him presenting a series of guns, right? So the code word for the guns is pork. And now he's going to be talking about the different varieties of guns he has. And all the code words are relating to a piece of pork. And this is all Edgar Wright's writing. And it's just so good. So keep in mind, as I'm talking about this, I'm talking about different cuts of pork. um, That this is all guns. You're all experienced butchers yourself. I assume you are aware that the humble pig can be cooked from nose to tail, everything but the squeal. I can offer you nine cuts at the best prices in all of Christendom. So let's dive in head first. From the jowl comes the god-sent Roman bacon that is guancale. From the shoulder of the hog comes the Boston butt, a tough but tasty cut. The picnic shoulder is a favorite of those who enjoy the smoking of pigs. The center cut, loin, the double-cut pork chops, baby back ribs, and the serrano ham on the back leg, of course, all delicious. Delicious. And, of course, we have a fine selection of sausages, which are grenades. <laughs> and Bat says, well, I'm hungry. And Gunseller says, fantastique. And your choice is? And Bat says, well, I'm going to do it with the picnic shoulder because um, I just love smoking pigs. <laughs> that wasn't racist at the end of them. <laughs> trying to do my Jamie Foxx impression. And then um, he- and then he, of course, shoots the gun seller who smokes some pigs. He recognizes the police officer smoking some pigs. Yeah. This bit, though, 
this not only was the actor great in the way he delivered the lines, yeah. but the way it was described was just fantastic. Yeah, it's it's like so entertaining to watch. Uh, I looked up uh, Guan, Guanciale. Uh, yeah. I think I mispronounced it before. Guanciale is is uh, for, it comes from from Italian for cheek. Okay. And it's the pig jowl. It's the oh, jowl of the pig. Yeah. I'm sure grandma is, is like, oh, uh, God forbid she ever hears this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, well, can I not know what guanciale is? Yeah. No, I, I, I feel I feel kind of like it's like self-conscious speaking different languages here. Like, oh, I, Interesting. Uh, number I, one, I feel like our audience will maybe not know them depending on where they live. But also... Uh, like we said, we're part of the. I don't want to hear English myself speak part of the West. We are, we are, we are in the the English part of Montreal, the uh, West de Lille. Exactly. Which even French Canadians say is the <laughs> lowest island. Lowest island. You know, it's wild though. My friend moved to uh, Ottawa, and uh, I don't know uh, Ontario. Okay. And he, he, like, he spoke French, but like at the West Island level, I guess you can say. Indeed. And his. Like he was like three grades higher than he should have been. At, wow, that's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if I can't speak French because of some kind of deficiency, like just some genetic, <laughs> just like a problem, yeah, or if it's because I spent a couple of years in Ontario at like that peak moment where you're learning languages. Probably, I don't know. Half my family is French, and I still can't fucking speak French. So <laughs> I like hilarious. Like explain that one. To I me. do not get that at all. But at the same time, I if like if I had to be able to speak one of the two, and I hope we don't offend any of our. We're proud Quebecers. Like we love French. We love Quebec. We love. Oh God! <laughs> I speak for myself. <laughs> but in any case, um, I think I think we are proud Quebecers. Like yeah, I think yeah, if yeah, you yeah. left, you'd miss it. I remember when I left. I went to uh, um, uh, when I went over to uh, the states for school. Um, when I came back, I like I saw some French signage, like French advertising, yeah, like, and I was hey. just like, "I'm home!" Like <laughs> yeah. it was just such a warm feeling to yeah, see yeah. that again. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly, we are not the. Uh, what, was, what was my point? Uh, if if um, some of our French brothers and sisters who might be listening to this who are more bilingual than we are, uh, we, we certainly aren't knocking uh, the the We're, culture of, of Quebec. I think it has a kind of spice, like a kind yeah, of you know, like I've dated I've dated a couple of French girls, and it, it always adds a little. They're spicy. They're spicy. Well, oh, boy, there's something about spicy. their families that their their like sense of humor is very different. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Anglo sense of humor. Yeah. And I had to adapt to it. You know, yeah. like it's much more. I don't say nasty, but it's much more like um biting. Yeah, it's like savage. It's savage. It's yeah. like, that's it's the only savage. way you would put it yeah. in modern parlance. Yeah, it, you're it, like oh, fuck. it's savage. Yeah, and they'll talk about like each other, like family members, yeah. and they'll 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 like t- rip them apart and be like, like, oh hey, yeah. come sit. Down and you're like, oh, like you I thought fuck? you hated her. Yeah, it's quite it's so bad. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but we love it. Yeah. We, lo- we love it. Montreal is one of the uh, top, top, uh, good-looking places in the world. Oh my God, the women here. If you if you're straight, if you like women, Montreal is a city for women. You can walk down the street and is it's it like also for guys though. A symphony. I have no idea. I've, I wouldn't know. Me neither. I, like, would, that's a- I would know, but I know if you if you like women. Oh yeah, yeah. Come yeah, to Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're just like I remember. I used to go to like walk to class, and I'd be like it's walking hard. down the street, and it would be like like wow, I'd be, fire. My wow, head fire. would just be going like back and forth. I'd be like, yeah. oh my god, she's, oh my, and she is even more. Oh my, I'm standing in line behind people. I'm sweating. I'm like, yeah. like I, there were moments where I would like be like, oh my god, can they be less good looking so I can focus on my school? I can't study because yeah. I keep looking out the window at these absolute like tens. Yeah. It's unreal. It's yeah, absolutely it's unreal. blended. I love it. What a, well, I mean, 
I guess better too many than too little. Exactly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm going to call him. I spent some time in Ontario too, uh, shortly after, um, uh, shortly after high school, and when I was there, I noticed immediately that the I was not in Montreal anymore. I immediately noticed it, and you don't appreciate it while you have it. Yeah. Then you go somewhere else, and you're looking at the window, and you're like, "Oh my okay. goodness! Oh, is this like?" Is this, this like a, a bad play? Is there a plague? Is there something? Yeah. <laughs> is there something sweeping the the town? Are we? Is an apocalypse <laughs> impending? Because it was, it just wasn't the no, same. It's not the same. Yeah. 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 Man, yeah, you take just, it for granted. Yeah. So it's Montreal, city of very beautiful women. Yeah. Um, is there anything? I think we. I have, pretty a, much I have a question. Actually, covered my. Kind of related to movie. Indeed. How did you feel about baby not talking? Well, being someone who doesn't talk. Yes. <laughs> are you yes. asking me for that specifically? Like, I'm, I'm like trying to. I'm weave doing both. Way. I'm doing both. I did. Um, I did. Uh, like in a lot of ways, I related to baby more because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how if you if you don't talk. Um, oh, I guess we. I have to talk about. Yeah, this you have a to explain bit. this, ladies and gentlemen. So I had a a uh, uh, bit of a health scare. Uh, uh, about a year and a half ago and uh and then i was also in school and it was uh i just kind of broke down in a way and one of the ways that this manifested is i just stopped being able to talk it's not it's not that i was like trying to be quiet but i just i always been a really gregarious person and it's almost like that part of me went out like the light died yeah and all of a sudden it just stopped feeling natural to speak, and I, I, I like literally forgot how to do it. Like when I would go to speak, and my tongue would get in the way of my teeth. Yeah. It just became a, 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 a thing, and I, I have, you know, I had to go see doctors and stuff like that, and there were concerns like, is this like an, uh, is this medical or is this psychological? Or yeah. and it turned out to be totally psychological. Yeah. But what it was a really like tough period in my life because I didn't know myself. I just knew that like I was almost like distanced from a part of me and it wasn't working and now i've come to the point where even though it's like a year and a half later uh i still am, am quiet for long periods of time i'll go days without talking to my family or to my friends it'll just it'll, i'll be either in text form or yeah things like that and in the character of baby who is sometimes being derided as a mute I could definitely see a lot of myself. One of the crazy things is if you're not speaking, it's it's amazing how quickly people will start talking about you as if you're not in the room, even though you're in the room. Yeah. It's amazing. For Did someone who's always been like a presence, like I, I'd always had like this ability to be like, hey, I'm here, pay attention to me. Yeah. To n lose my voice and then to be talked about as like as if I'm not there when I'm there. It was like shocking. It was a strange. Yeah. It was it was very, very weird. So yeah, that definitely brought me closer to baby. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Did you ever feel like, uh, like we ever in a situation where you were actually like, where that actually happened? Like you're talking, like you're in a room, someone's talking about you and you're like, mm. yeah, it happened a lot. It happened a lot with doctors. Like, okay. uh, like they would start talking, like they would realize that I'm not able to speak. And then they would start talking to one of my parents yeah. and it would just like, like it started getting uncomfortable. Like they're they're I can, I'm not deaf. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sitting right here, but they're, they're, they're saying things, but they start using the he pronoun. Yeah. Like, well, you know, he needs to do this and he needs to do that. I'm right here. Like, I'm literally standing right here. Yeah. And they're talking about me and the he pronoun as if I'm not there. It was amazing how if you're, if you lose your voice, you can lose like your presence in the room. Yeah, absolutely. To the extent that it, 
it starts to feel like people don't even take you seriously as an entity. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. your speech is part of what plants the flag that says, I'm here. Yeah. And you lose that, you lose the flag that says you're here, and suddenly you're not there. Exactly. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's like it's like the, the, the older relative that doesn't talk anymore, or like is kind of disconnected. They just kind of sit in the corner and just do their own thing. Yeah. In fact, I think it helps me, like I'm much more sympathetic to those kinds of people now. Yeah. Even even like dogs and animals. Like I, sometimes my dog, when I was a kid, like a, my dog Simba, who's has since passed away, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And Eric, you gave me this mo- the most beautiful gift, and it, like it, it was it came at such the right time. My colleague here gave me a photograph printed of my dog after he passed away, and it's hanging in the entrance of our house. And it's one of the most beautiful gifts anyone has ever given to me. It touched me right to the heart. And it was, the timing was perfect. It's a beautiful photograph. It captures his personality, captures his curiosity. I, I don't think I've ever like properly thanked you for that, sir. It was, that is one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever, ever received in my life. Thank you my so pleasure, much. My pleasure. Um, with Simba, there would be times when I think I knew what he wanted, but I would pretend not to know. Yeah. Because it was like, I didn't feel like doing it. So like he would be like, I want to go for a walk. And I could see it in his eyes. And he's like, I want to go for a walk. And I'd be like, oh, what's that boy? What do you want? <laughs> and people started doing this to me. Yeah, I'm not speaking. And, and I would be like, like, oh, like can, I, can you like pass me that thing? And they'd be like, what? Oh, what? Oh, you're not going to talk? Okay. And they'd go back to eating. And I'd be like, what the hell? Like, I'm still a person just because I'm not speaking. What yeah. are you being? And so now when I interact with animals and like animals, we like, can I please go outside? Or, you know, like you understand what the animal is trying to ask for. Yeah. I immediately get up and do it. I never do that shit of like, oh, sorry. I don't know what you mean because I really don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's crazy yeah. how you learn all these strange lessons. Interesting. Through that kind of experience. Yeah. Good question, sir. Yeah. Very good question. Do you think? Do you think that's like talking less or talking like do you think it's a valid thing i guess for someone to try to do in their own life it's risky um i wouldn't recommend it to anyone in the, in the same way that i wouldn't recommend going on like a one month meditation retreat okay it's a really positive experience you can learn so much about yourself and the world around you but it, it's a huge ask there's so much stress there's so much discomfort and pain that you're going to endure by doing it that it's not something that i would be like oh you know what you need to do (laughs) yeah not talk for six months (laughs) hey not not recommended in that way at all but if if you know there's a reason that meditation retreats tend to be totally silent yeah right because there is there's something that you learn about your yourself and and your surroundings when you're not speaking in fact it's weird I, I learned how to listen. Yeah. I, I, I'd gone through my entire life. I wasn't really listening to people. When someone was talking to me, I would be thinking of what I was going to say next. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. It didn't hit me like a ton of bricks until I stopped being able to speak. And then I was like, wow, like there's a lot more going on here than meets yeah. the eye. Have you started noticing anything that you wouldn't have noticed before? Like, like certain people, like the way they act, the way they like... Yeah, ticks or something like that. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that that comes through the most is how people are so similar. Like I'll meet people now that I'll have, I'll be like, oh man, you remind me so much in the way you you talk, the way you structure your thoughts as this other person. Yeah. Also notice like things like, uh, um, 
the timbre of people's voices. Like there are some people who speak from the chest. Yeah. And I, I, I don't I love listening to those people speak. Yeah. Then there are other people who speak up in the sinuses. Okay. And it it never bothered me as much. Now it really bothers me. When I meet like a they, I don't know, they tend to be like really like high high energy women. Yeah. Who will just like and and they're speaking. I don't want. I don't want to make a mockery of it. It's just a natural way of speaking, but it's happening all in the in the the yeah. sinuses, and it just becomes like uh, kind it's of like, like piercing. Yeah. And their t- their mouth is moving, and it just <laughs> yeah. And it bothers me a lot more than it used to. So the timbre of yeah. someone's, or the I think it's called the register. Okay. Like of the voice becomes yeah. like much more important. Yeah, and it's cool. The thing is that now that because now I'm speaking much more than I used to, yeah. still still long long periods of of, of silence, um, that feel natural. Like as I said to you the, the one last time you asked me about it, that it, it feels organic. Like yeah. it didn't happen consciously, and now it still doesn't feel like it happens consciously. Yeah. Uh, and so, like I would say, out of the course of the week, probably two out of seven days will be days that I speak. Okay. Most of the time, I'm not speaking. Yeah. But I've learned a lot of sign language and. Sign language itself is such a fascinating thing to learn. Yeah. In fact, Baby Driver, because uh, uh, at one point, one point, my parents came in and they were they just gotten home and they sat down and they were like, "What's this movie?" And they just sat down and started watching it. And I was translating the sign language for them. And then my mom told me, uh, I think uh, this morning, she was like, "I had no idea that you knew sign language." I'm like, "There's lots you don't know about me." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a a very good uh, like. At the time, it was a really tough experience, but a very positive experience, yeah. and it definitely brings me closer to baby. Like yeah. when people are picking on him, and like yeah. Jamie Foxx is like ripping off his sunglasses. I'm like, yeah. you go down, you stay strong, baby, you stay strong. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. not alone. I could feel it when I was watching it. I was like, oh, that's gonna that's gonna resonate yeah. with Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> indeed, yeah. indeed, it really, really did. Yeah. Um, so I think we have pretty much covered. Baby driver. Baby driver. I had a one random thought, sir, that I hope you won't find too kind of stupid. Um, it was uh, basically, uh, and this is related to, I, and I have another thing about girls here too. I don't know why I've been thinking about girls so much this week. Just maybe because uh, there's a love interest in my story or I don't know, maybe I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Maybe you're just a lonely boy. Lonely at Christmas time. But um, I was not particularly attracted to the female lead. I thought about it a bit, and it's not important, but the dirty blonde hair with dark roots, dark eyebrows, and dark irises, I don't think is my type. And then I, it's only when I thought about it that I realized I have a type. Yeah. I never noticed that before. Interesting. How about for you? Did you, did you find, were you into the female lead? The first half of the movie, no. Second half of the movie, yes. I don't know what caused the switch. But I think maybe she looks less uh, like a, a working woman. And, not God, I think that's a <laughs> euphemism. I, I, more like um, she, she definitely looks more glamorized yeah. later in the movie. Yeah. You know, her that's hair. That's the thing, though. Like, I still fuck with her work outfit, like her work look. You know? <laughs> it was. There was some, something French made about it. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Like, I don't know. It, it's like, like she doesn't look bad in the first half. No, absolutely like it not. It wasn't no, the way she like, looked to objectively me. Objectively like, very pretty. It was yeah. just, I was like, it was almost like, I was like, why, why, why isn't my dick wiggling? Like, what's going <laughs> yes. on? Why, why is this, why am I not like getting into this? Yeah. But uh, no, I guess she's just not my type. That's not my type. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have a type to be honest. I didn't think I did. I, yeah. I did not I think know. I did either, but yeah. apparently, 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 apparently so. so. Just couldn't figure it out. 
I, I had a whole bunch of questions for you, so like who are your living heroes, and but uh, we had different th things. Like I wanted to ask you about how when you start a new project, you need to go buy SSDs. Oh gosh! So we'll, we'll save that for yeah, for yeah, another yeah, time because that's going um, to be that's going to be a fascinating one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thing here, but I'm fat. <laughs> because because you you have never ever been fat in your life. No. And I went from being like uh, thirteen or twelve percent body fat to not being that. Yeah. And it's uh, it's an interesting experience. It's funny because I'm way happier now. And I know I need to like start working out and it's a different thing, but you don't have an exercise routine, do you? No, my exercise routine is just like survive. <laughs> it's just pure yeah, genetics. Yeah. It's just pure. But my dad was You skinny. always look great. Thanks. No, uh, I don't know. Like I fucking couldn't put on weight for the life of me. Like It's very much like Nana. I'll just like destroy like thousands of calories and it's just like, yeah. No. It's, your body's just like, no, no use for this. Let's, <laughs> let's, I, let's I, like, I don't, I don't get let's it. put this away. Yeah, my it's dad, amazing. I'm scared though because my dad was like same, same thing almost till he was like 30, 40-ish. Oh, no. And then no. it just went like... So like I'm. So scared. you got to be careful. Like I'm your scared. metabolism yeah. can turn against you exactly. at any moment. And then and then that day comes, I'm fucked. You. Because I'm like, no. we'll just be two yeah. two fat guys filming film or uh, recording filming color episode three hundred and eighty two. Like if I like I can go to McDonald's and destroy two trios like no problem, nothing about it. Wow. Yeah, and like don't you you don't get bloated. You don't get like. Well, I'm like full, but I'm like I'm not gonna be like, oh, that's gonna go right to my thighs. Like, <laughs> I, like I just be like, oh yeah, whatever. It's interesting because in my case, like I don't eat supper. I don't. Sorry, I don't eat breakfast. I usually, I often skip lunch, and I, I typically just have supper. Um, I don't eat like a lot of fast food. I typically eat like very like how do I put this. I was eating much healthier. In fact, when I was dating the girl with the short brown hair, yeah. we both were, used to work out together. It's weird how, like, I think I need a good woman in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something about when there's a woman in my life, like, when, when we broke up or we kind of separated, uh, and and, uh, and it was it was kind of a strange... And I went to shit. She was, I, funny, because she was going to med school, so she would, like, have, like, all this, like, different, like, ridiculous trivia about things. Like, well, did you know that you need ketones to do... <laughs> Why was just, oh God, go away. Um, I was in neuroscience, right? So we hated the med, med school yeah. students. So, but the point the point was um, that uh, when I was dating her, uh, I, I was like working out once a day at least, at least twice a day. Shit. The day after we broke up, the, nope. the time came around when I would go for a run. So this is two years ago. And I was just like, eh, nah, no. <laughs> And now I went for a walk the other day and like my back hurt, my shoulders hurt. Like Shit. I've become so sedentary yeah, by yeah. just riding all the time that I, I just don't. Yeah, that's a thing. I lost the muscles. I lost the. A lot of my thing. job is like fucking moving around heavy shit. So like that—that's kind of my work. Splendid. Workout. That's how I how I excuse myself Splendid. from the whole gym Lifting thing. Lifting up those gigantic cases of lights—they're so heavy sometimes. <laughs> I saw, uh, saw the trunk upstairs. That thing looked gigantic. That's my camera case. That's your camera. That's your yeah. Camera. It's lights like, are even heavier. It's right? like three feet by like one and a half foot. I oh think. Oh my god! It's fucking enormous. Like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like 40 pounds at the very least you're you're burning those calories yeah straight up <laughs> when you go to when you go to a, a location and it's like okay where's the elevator and they're like oh yeah oh my oh, god uh, you have to roll them upstairs furious we had a shoot where we had to bring all of our equipment the the we are on the studio was on the fifth floor 
The fucking elevator went to the fourth how is, floor. How do they have a studio on the fifth floor with no elevator? The, the freight elevator was broken. But I was like, oh I was God. like, go fuck it. So we had to go up four floors in the elevator, take out all of our shit, That's, carry it up. Ladies stairs. and gentlemen, you're was, hearing what the life of a beginning filmmaker is like. It's no. it's it's hellish. It's hellish. If you okay, if you, you say you have a studio, make sure there's power. Make sure there's an elevator. Oh my God. Don't make me want to die every second I'm there. It's just, it's one of those terrible, like, it's sort of like, whether you're starting off a small business or you're trying to make it on your own in any kind of field, you just get kind of like, people are like, well, you're young. Like, real people will put up with it. It's like, no, I'm young. I'm not like a... a, a, I'm not a mule. I'm I'm not like a beast of burden that you can just press upon me. Oh, you're young. You'll feel in years. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to feel in 10 years. Good for your calves. No, my calves are fine, thank you. Get your shit together. Oh, man. It's rough. Uh, Well, it's uh, we've talked about this before, but ageism, that prejudice of... You know, like people don't want necessarily want to pay young people as much because they're like, "What are you gonna do with it? You're spending yeah, on drugs." drugs. It's like, hey, excuse me, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Like you're a businessman. Yeah. I expect to be paid my fair share for fair oh, work. Oh well, well, uh, my uh, my niece filmed something and she edited it. Now it was only X amount. <laughs> so I'm like, well, your niece oh my is God, a that's fucking idiot. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Oh, dude. I've gotten that a couple times, and I'm like, okay, well, then hire your niece again. Well, I got, I actually, just as a, like, a, kind of a, a story that relates to that, I once got published in a, ma- a magazine, it was called, I don't know if I should say the name, it starts with an N, uh, and basically... Nat Geo. No, <laughs> no, no, it was just, it's a magazine of short stories, okay. <laughs> and and uh, um, I, I just expected that they would pay a royalty, or at least a, 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 a like a pittance. Yeah. And they were they were basically I got the email back that was super condescending that was like well we think it's like a privilege enough to be Oh fuck you. Here's here's your dirty exposure dollars. I don't want your dirty exposure dollars. <laughs> I don't want dollars. your exposure. Exactly. Get away with that. It's like not I wasn't I wasn't asking for like like you know like like five figures like I just like you know, I'm I'm writing. This is my job. This is what yeah. you can't just like Yeah. Oh god, it was it was very very upsetting. Yeah. And um, it basically, like you, ba- you really do have to start off. Depending on like what industry you're in, unless you can get contracts for things, um, or you're publishing like specific essays that are contracted by specific magazines, yeah. you really have to get yourself publishing game on fleek. Yeah, is that, is that yeah, that's, that's, a that's a correct usage. That's a correct usage. You correct have to get it. You have to be on point because there's so much money to be made out there from self-publishing. Like people. People don't. People don't go to magazines. No, yeah. They go. They go on their like. Uh, their their. They get a new iPad and they go and they like. Oh, like I wonder what I'm gonna get here. And they'll they'll paint like ninety nine cents here, ninety nine cents there, a dollar ninety nine here, like three dollars there, and and like there's so much money there to be made. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are just like me. They're they're just they don't know what to do. Like they're like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed. I I don't know how to connect my bank account to my iTunes account. And I, I'm all, all. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, I yeah. Those, there's probably a lot of money actually in like cards. getting writers iTunes accounts. Yeah, like, oh my god! I will pay you 150 dollars if you can set up my iTunes account and connect <laughs> to my bank account because I don't know how to do it. Yeah. But that really is the place that where you start off. Yeah, that, that's my bread and butter for me. Like I, I try and sell stories also, but it's not, um, it's not nearly as consistent as like that trickle. Yeah. And and I don't touch that money. Like I just kind of let it build up. And every time I go back to it, I'm like, mm, yes. my little egg, my little <laughs> nest egg. 
it's all safe and warm. I can go months without having <laughs> like, getting any income, and I'll yeah. still be totally fine because it's all there and it's yeah, safe. That's smart. Um, so okay, we have gone over our time, ladies and gentlemen. But if I can just end on this note before we sign off, and we hope this has been as enjoyable for you as it has been for us, as always. Absolute pleasure talking to you, sir. Absolute pleasure. Absolute, and 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 uh, it really it does help. Like there are times during the week where I'm like, oh god, oh I can't wait until the podcast or something happens to me and it's like it'll like really piss me off and I'm like, oh, I'll just like write it down in a note. Like I'll vent, I'll vent to Eric, I'll vent to Eric when I see him on Saturday yeah. or Sunday. It's so Perfect. so important. Love that. But regarding creative collaboration, uh, I saw this film recommended to me about uh, the making of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So even though I don't make movies, I'm fascinated by the way that they are made. And I took down this note from the beginning of the documentary, Secrets of the Force Awakens. Larry Kasdan and J.J. Abrams would turn on the recorder on J.J.'s iPhone and just go for walks. When they first got the contract for the movie, they decided they were going to make it. They're going to reboot Star Wars. Think about that's a, the cliff that you're looking at. Yeah, it's like you're going to climb there. What do you That's do? You want to do you want to do this? It's like ninety nine percent of me is saying no. One percent of me is saying maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> then they um, would talk about what the movie would be about. They would just walk, walk yeah. through New York, walk through Paris, and it reminded me of us, sir. Yeah, it really reminded me of us. Like it might be ten years from now, maybe less, maybe more. But I see us collaborating on a project. Yeah, sure. And I, it just, it made me, I, I, I thought about this, it kind of made me like, have this warm and fuzzy feeling, and I thought of you, these two guys walking around New York, Paris, dreaming of a movie that, that was just such an appealing thought, Yeah. you know, to start from nothing, and to just, just be like, something. let's put an iPhone in your pocket, turn on record, and just like, figure it what, out, what are we gonna, what is this movie gonna be about, we're gonna make the next Star Wars, what the hell is yeah. it gonna be about, um, most of my compatriots and friends are blessedly successful in a variety of industries like engineering, medicine. However, it's important to emphasize that these creative discussions that I have with you are invaluable, sir. I'm glad that we record them for posterity. Hopefully our audience can profit as well. And, and on that note, welcome to our new listeners. Thank you for your support, your comments. We are still a little overwhelmed, so if you sent us an email and we haven't gotten back to you, we will try ASAP. Keep them coming. I'm astonished by the variety of fans and the, 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 the variety of... Um, of, of listeners that we've been able to garner people who work in the industry to teachers to people who tell us they don't like my voice <laughs> it's all very much appreciated uh, so we um, we love it we're still this is still very much a work in po- progress uh, and just like uh, Baby Driver this is a passion project yep. so if you have anything else to say sir no I'm good with that man we, uh, that was uh, our episode on Baby Driver. This is Film and Color Episode 4 from Montreal, Canada. This is Jesse and Eric signing yes. off. Signing off. Thanks for watching. Watching? Wait a <laughs> sec. <laughs>